Hey, we're on episode three of the Tiny Home Dream Podcast, and we're so happy that you're here. I'm Angela Barnard, the host, and today we're hearing from two special guests from the Tiny House Society, Eric and Amber, and they take people through the whole process of having an idea that they want a tiny house to actually making it reality. And I also work with Eric and Amber. I'm part of the Tiny House Society team as well, but I thought it would be helpful to get their perspective around some commonly asked questions by those that are interested in tiny houses and just, yeah, really don't know what to expect when it comes through the process. I thought they could shine a light on answering our questions and the whole process itself. All right, so let's just get on with the conversation. Here we go. Eric is the owner of the Tiny House Society, and he helps with all the things. And Amber is a tiny life coach with the Tiny House Society. And he's laughing because he knows that it's true. Okay, so we are going to get started with Amber just telling us just a little bit about you, where you're from, and your role at Tiny House Society. Of course. Well, I am Amber. I live in Costa Mesa, California. I am the Tiny House Society's Tiny Life Coach for California. Uh, I help our clients through the entire process from start to finish. I work alongside our builders and architects to obtain my client's dream tiny home. And by doing this, I gather my client's wish list with all their needs, wants, desires, and work with our team to produce the perfect layout specific to that client and their vision. And then we start the build. Awesome. Okay. So we're going to come back to you, Amber, around like your wisdom around how just what it's been like when you're talking to people that are interested in getting getting tiny homes or concerns, all that. So hold that thought because we'll be back because now we're going over to Eric. Eric, I want you to just tell us a little bit just about you, where you're from and how you got involved in the whole tiny home world. Okay. So I am originally from Southern California. Uh, I've traveled to many different states. Now, uh, Boise, Idaho is my home for the time being, hopefully New Zealand uh, within the next few years. I started uh, the Tiny House Society uh, through, it it really goes down to uh, the way that I was raised. I was raised in group homes, foster homes. I think I saw a real need for affordable housing for single mothers, uh, young teenagers that were transitioning into adulthood, people who just had challenges in life. And uh, I worked a lot in real estate and it just became more and more expensive. And every year it was another challenge. And there was there really weren't many opportunities for people to find affordable housing. So I thought tiny homes could be a great solution, a great vessel for that. Uh, and uh, through the people that have been a part of this, through people like Angela, uh, Amber, Steve, Stan, uh, we have we have a big team. I think that it's been something that uh, it feels like it's the right it's the right dream to make into reality. Mm-hmm. I love that. So it's like you can tell by your story that you're really in this world because you can see 
how tiny homes can really benefit people's lives Be- beyond just the cuteness of a tiny home because everyone thinks like a tiny house is so cute but like truly it can change your life around just being an affordable source of housing yeah and being a person that that being a person that is passionate about that and finding people who are passionate about that i've realized that people really really come together both to make it happen and to live in one it's 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 been just amazing. Yeah. Seriously, the, the tiny house people are the best of people with like the yeah. biggest of hearts. It's just like such a fun community yeah. to be a part of. So yeah. tell us about the tiny house society. Um, what is, what is it about and like, what makes it different? So the tiny house society is an experience. It takes an individual who has a great idea or doesn't know where to begin and we walk them step by step by step. It's relational. It's personable. It's, I want to be there holding your hand from start to finish. I want to be able to move you out of where you live currently and move you into your tiny home that you have, you know, the builder, you know, every nail, you know, every aspect of it. You're confident. You're in love with this experience. It's going to be life-changing, not just in your housing, but it's going to be life-changing in your heart. It's going to be life-changing in your mindset. We've structured tiny life coaches to be able to walk you through challenges, walk you through a bad day at the gym, walk you through wanting to pick a a color for your kitchen, everything. So it's very personal and it's also accomplishing, uh, giving you a shelter, giving you a place to call home giving you a place to call sanctuary. Uh, So I I really think that in this industry, it's one of a kind. It's not about the final product. It's really about the person. Mm -hmm. And you can see that you really value that to take it to the level of hiring coaches because you Mm -hmm. guys, how I got involved with the tiny house society, I have already been coaching on my own doing you know, helping people from, I used to do career coaching to like intentional life coaching is what I call it now. But I was really, it just, I guess it just sparked my curiosity when I saw that you were even wanting coaches. So I'm like, wow, you, you actually value that. But then I saw that you saw that when it comes to buying a tiny house, it's not just about getting a tiny house. Like you are transforming so much of your life and a lot of stuff comes up and it can be really overwhelming to make so many decisions because the small space you got to be super intentional about. And that's the kind of stuff that Amber helps people figure out um, when they're like, and there's so much stuff. And I'm sure you can add on this Amber, like when someone comes and is wanting a tiny house, there's so much stuff that they don't even know to even ask. Do you experience that? What's that like? Oh, absolutely. And like you said, it, it can be an intimidating process. And that's why we have life coaches such as myself to help them guide through the steps to obtain their tiny home, but not only through those steps to obtain the tiny home, but through the emotions, because you're going to feel all kinds of different things. Um, it can be scary, but we want them to feel like, and, and to know they're not alone and that we're here to help. And we truly yeah. care for them and for them to get what they want exactly. And um, yeah, it can be scary. Um, Definitely. And there's just so many decisions. And I know yeah. from myself being someone who lives in a tiny house and going through the process, it's just like you get so excited about the yeah. idea of it, but when it comes down to actually making it happen, there's so much involved. Yeah. And um, we talked a lot about this on our last episode around um, 
just what to consider before. And then the, the episode before that, we talked about, you know, um, the, the land and the space and the finances and all the things. And it can just be overwhelming because you don't realize like, this is a cute thing that you want. It sounds like a good idea, but how much you're going to have to go through to make it actually a reality. Like from mm-hmm. you downsizing mm-hmm. your life to you finding the right land or designing the right home, thinking of all the things. And that can be something that can really shut people down. So it's just really cool mm-hmm. that you guys help people through that whole process. And you devote a lot of hours to that to make sure that they're satisfied with their tiny house, which I think is cool. And I would add to that. It takes a village. I think that one of the most scariest moments of our lives is choosing, okay, I I need a place to live and Mm -hmm. I'm going to commit my finances. I'm going to commit my life. And you really don't want someone that's just trying to generate a transaction right? You want someone that's trying to cultivate a relationship. And I think in that process, it's, we go back to that saying, people don't care how much you know, until they know how much you care. And I think that's step one is really investing into a human being and saying, I see you, I see you where you are, I see your challenges. When you're talking about finances, when you're talking about my job or my relationship, these are very vulnerable places of our lives. Mm -hmm. So we don't just go share some of us don't even share with our closest family members, these, these inner life details. And then some random person that you just met is now asking you to spill out your entire financial statements for two years and your entire job history and why this happened. You really want to cultivate that bridge, that relationship, that rapport. So I think that the most important thing is to make sure that you're seen, the, that, that you're known, that there's trust involved, and then things start to fall into place. A, a, a home, a structure—that's that's that's fairly that's a very fairly simple uh, process. But the human element of knowing that this is a good decision, that this is the right decision, that this decision will help your relationships, your mental health, your spiritual, yeah. your physical well-being—that's what we're about. That's really the priority. Is the the, the next 50 years, not just the next one or two years where we go through this process and we close out the transaction and, you know, whether it's three to six months or 60 to 90 days, it's about where are you going to be 50 years from now? And how is this decision going to pave that way to get to where you want to be there? Yeah. That's what I admire so much about the tiny house society is that when, you know, someone comes to come to the tiny house society looking for, to get a tiny house. They don't even realize how we're going to be up in your business around. Like, let's talk about your goals. Let's talk about your life and what it is that you yeah. want as a whole. Yeah. And you're like, wait, yeah. I'm just here to get a tiny house. And we're like, we're, we're here to make sure that this is in alignment with your vision mm-hmm. and that, you know, we're, we're helping you with your other goals in your life, because we want to consider that when we are making your home for you, because this is your home, you know, this and is your that's, home. That's really important. So I think coming, another question I had, I guess, getting down to that was like, what do you think people should consider when looking for a builder? And you kind of answered it a little bit, like making sure that you have that rapport, that they're considering you beyond just a transaction, Mm -hmm. but what else would you say? For me personally, I would say transparency, openness, Mm -hmm. honesty. You're going to be the most vulnerable person you've ever been, the most vulnerable part of you that you've ever shared 
you're going to be the most authentic self that you've ever been to this person who's going to walk into your life and find out every single detail about you so that they can work with you. You want them to reciprocate that. You want them to be just as vulnerable, just as transparent, just as open, right? So if you have a question and you cannot get a direct answer, that's a red flag. If you, if you cannot feel that sense of vulnerability from their end, that's a red flag. You're committing your finances. You're committing to yeah. be able to pay off this tiny home or being able to save up and give your savings to this builder. You want to make sure that this person is just as committed to you. You want a reciprocal approach to this. And it's a relationship. And if you don't have a relationship, Oprah always says, when someone shows you who they are, believe them. If you don't have a relationship, walk away. Listen to your gut. Listen to that 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 oh, inner self. Advice. Yeah. 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 It, this is a home, right? This is a part of your heart. This is a part of your story. This is a part of your life. You want you want to make this a beautiful experience and the builder is a part of that. So yeah. Find someone who's vulnerable and open. And it's so important for them to feel heard too. Like anybody can just listen. But it's when you're hearing them, like, do you hear me? Do you understand me? Sometimes they don't even know exactly how to put things into words. And I just listen and we, you know, you listen intentionally and you hear them. And sometimes that's all it takes to just to build that trust. I'm glad you said that, like not knowing what to, how to put it into words. Cause I've experienced that a lot with like, they're yeah. like, Oh, they're just like, Angela, like, I don't know how to say it. But like, and then we will like, we'll sit there, you know, and draw the things out and then yeah. we'll kind of go back and forth. And we take the time because mm-hmm. it, it can be like, when you're trying to figure out every detail, you might not be able to put into words, but you got to be comfortable with that person to be like, yes. okay, let me try to get this right. And I'm having a rough day today, but I'm trying to figure out how I want the kitchen to look, but I can't put it into words. Like you want to feel comfortable yeah. with that person. Mm-hmm. Otherwise it's yeah. just, it's not going to be a good process. So I'm glad that you guys said that. Now going back to transparency, let's talk about the money. Like how much do these things cost? Because I have found in my experience when I was tiny house shopping, they don't like to give you direct amounts and <laughs> they kind of like beat around the bush around it. And then like, I'm like, can you tell me though, if I did get the extra window about how much would that be? How much would the window cost? And it's kind of mm-hmm. like, they, I don't, it's like giving me just a layout of the things. And I think those can be red flags, but mm-hmm. based on the tiny house society, cause that's what we know. Um, tell us what we can expect to pay for a tiny house and what are the options? Yeah. So do you have those options in front of you, Amber, by any chance? We have on our end, at least we have three different sizes. And the way that we price them out, it's very simple. We look at material cost. What is the going rate for that material cost? And we don't do any upcharges. We don't do any margins on top. We just go to Home Depot, Lowe's, our, our lumber supplier. If we're doing a SIP project or a metal project, we go to the supplier we look at it, we bid it out, and then we all our profits are are literally $3,000 on top of what it costs to make. And that allows us to pay our tiny life coaches, our architects, and a builder on their profit. So we try to, on, on our company, we try to stay within what is the actual cost. And then we are transparent about that. And we show you the pricing sheet and we give you options, the options are really what are going to raise the price um, or lower the price. So 
by options, we just meet yep, the finishes or the types, the brands of appliances. Those are the things where you have a lot of input because the world is, is, is your, mm-hmm. you know, your option. Uh, however, what I would say to a builder is for the unit, and, and I always say for the bare bones, just for the structure, what is the actual cost? That's the, the most important question. The shell. Yeah, yes. that's a good question. Give us the actual cost, not with your profits, not with, you have to build a relationship of trust. And some builders, they might not want to tell you that because nope. their profit margins might be $50,000 on top of what it costs to build. Yeah. You know, it's but if there's a builder. allowance. Yes. Yes. That's, and if, yeah. Yes. Yes. So find someone that can be transparent and vulnerable about, listen, here's what my, my, here's what my hourly rate is. Here's what our company is profiting. And here's what the actual cost is. If you can get that from a builder and they can be transparent about that. Yeah. I, I, and you can shop around with those terminologies, those words. I think you'll be able to make some good informed decisions. Hands down. That's great info. Um, so basically, based on like some of our current prices, just for people to get an idea. Um, so for like a 20 by eight, you can expect to pay about 47,900 and then 26 by eight, 57,900, 30 by eight, 62,900. And then um, this includes the tiny home trailer, the standard interior and exterior finishes, more of like a single story. It's a nine foot high ceilings. And it can be built in about 60 to 90 days. People always have that question. How long would it take? Mm -hmm. So that's what you're looking at just roughly with prices. And again, like Eric said, this really just depends too. Like, are you going to add some things? Are you going to take away some things? So that's important to consider. But you got to know like a a starting point for yourself. So um, other things, just I guess from my own experience. So I live in a park model and how much I paid for my park model um, was about, I think it was about 88,000. And then we did some additional things after the fact to make it, you know, more, I guess, custom to the way we, we wanted to live. And we did customize a couple things in it before we purchased it, but just to put it into perspective. So this can range quite a lot in pricing and, you know, everyone, every home is built very differently. Um, you have more luxury style things. And so you just got to figure out what is most important to you. And of course you could build it, maybe you could build it significantly cheaper, but you're probably going to need people that are pretty handy in their ways. And you want to make right. sure it's built to code and things like that, um, depending on where you're going to place this thing. So just to put it in perspective, because I think a lot of times I've heard from tiny home builders and like sellers that people come in with the idea that it's going to be something that's like $8,000 or something significantly low. And they're like, no, this is like a really good quality home. Mm-hmm. Like that's not how much it's going to be. And especially nowadays, you know, with COVID and the cost of wood going up significantly, you know, these prices are going up a lot of times. So, but mm-hmm. I just wanted you guys to have an idea of what to expect. All right. So you have anything else to add add to that? Yeah. The only thing that I would add to that is, so my recommendations is ask the builder and these are, you have to have a lot of courage and just think about it. This is your Mm -hmm. bank. This is your wallet. This is your. Oh my gosh. I'm so glad that you're saying this time. Yeah. Because you, 
Yeah. Okay. People need to listen to this because I know when my husband and I were looking, it's like a lot of times we're like, oh, we don't want to be those people that are like too demanding and too like, you know, like, I mean, you don't have to come from a demanding kind of energy, but you know, like the ones that are too picky and just like we have those thoughts. And I want you to remember that, like Eric said, like, this is going to be your home. Like you Mm want to make sure that this is designed in a way that really honors you. Be intentional about it. Ask the questions that you want to ask. And if Mm -hmm. somebody is acting like, you know, frustrated with you that you are asking for specific prices of certain things, then I think you should, those might be some red flags for you because this is, think of you want to work with somebody that genuinely cares about you. And there are people out there that do. So Go find them. You don't have to settle yeah. with someone you know that's people. Be shady. <laughs> yeah. 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 Don't so, okay. So, so the things were so real quick. I just want to finish my point, which was number one is always ask them what's the actual cost of the structure. What's the mm-hmm. actual cost of the unit? What does it cost just in material and labor? Period. Right. And then. A lot of us have this idea of what we've seen and what we want and our custom option. Always ask, do you have a standard model that's close to what I'm looking for, but a little bit more for Oh, that's good. Yeah. And if you can say that sentence, they'll start turning their, their wheels to give you an option. Remember that this is your money. This is you're the customer, you're the client. Mm-hmm. They want to earn your business. They're not entitled or deserve your business, right? They're earning it. So build a relationship, ask the hard yes. questions. There should be no reason why they get upset or frustrated or pride gets in the way. If, if that happens in just the questioning aspect, can you imagine once you have a, a paperwork and a contract and a transaction, all of a sudden, now they're entitled to that. So if there's pride or there's emotion that gets involved, walk away. Find a better builder. Find uh-huh. someone that you can connect yeah. with and take your time. This is a very big decision. There's no reason to rush it. Yeah, I love that you gave that advice. Um, I wish I would have had that when I was looking for a tiny house. Although I'm very happy with mine, but just saying it would have really helped me out. So, okay. Um, when it comes to finances, mm-hmm. How do you finance, like, how do you get the money for these things if you don't have 30, 60, 90,000 sitting around? So financing, you have to be more creative than traditional methods, right? So traditionally, you go into an open house, you like it, it's $300,000, you go to mm-hmm. a government program like an FHA or a VA loan, you might do zero down. Uh, there might be some speculation on the real estate market. All these fancy things come into play. At the end of the day, you end up paying a lot of money for something that you thought was this much, and it you end up paying four or five times what you thought you were going to pay, which is fine. However, in tiny homes, you have the option of if it's a certified tiny home through NOAA or through RVIA, then it can be an RV loan through your bank. Uh, you can do if you already have a home and you're just adding, uh, let's say you're putting the tiny home on a concrete foundation, you can do a HELOC, you can do a cash out refi, uh, or you can do a personal loan. Personal loans, it's just, you know, here's my idea, here's some collateral. May I have 
and then what's the interest rate? So if I take out $10,000 and your interest rate is 10%, I'm going to owe $11,000. It's going to be just $1,000 on top of the 10 that I took out. So always shop around for interest rates. If, it, if you can get anything below 10%, that's a pretty good interest rate. Usually if it's here's the cash, you're taking out a personal loan, it's going to be 12 to 16%. So you want to wow. get and this is very technical stuff. It's very, but again, this is your money. This is your life. Yeah. We really have to take and, the time to think about this stuff. Yeah. And do the research and find the best financing option for you. you Shop know, around. With, yeah. yeah. And it can be sometimes hard because people want a tiny house, but they have a hard time getting the loan for it because it's not like your traditional, you know, home loan, like Eric was just saying. So you do kind of have to shop around. You also have to ask more questions. Like mm -hmm. if something's certified, you know, the RV way, like Eric just said, or the foundation, how it's built, like that might play a role in if you're able to get financing for it. Mm -hmm. So sometimes you have to go back and forth. You go to somebody like a builder, like, you know, the tiny house society or other builders out there and you ask them the questions figure out how they do it. And then you go back to try to find the financing and then you come back. So that's where it can be overwhelming when you're doing this kind yes. of dance back and forth. But if you, yeah. if this is a dream for you, then stick with it because on the other side, it's, I'm telling you, speaking from experience, I always say moving into a tiny house was one of the best things I ever did, but was it easy? It wasn't. Mm -mm. And I don't know for anyone who it was super easy for, unless they had like a ton of cash knew exactly what they wanted, but you know, I guess I don't know those people, <laughs> but anyways, movie God. So, well, on that note, let me just add oh. this real quick. So I, I want to hear how you were able to finance your tiny home and what that sort of plan was for you, Angela. Oh, uh, yeah. But before I say, before we go into that, I want to just say here, the, that was the academic approach was a very, you know, here's the RV, here's yeah. what the banks will do. Here's what the personal loans now, here's where tiny homes are not traditional and you do have to be creative. And so this is a great opportunity for you to find someone to purchase a tiny home for, let's say, $45,000. And then you go to a notary and you get a promissory note and you say, I will pay $1,200 a month for the next X amount of months until I pay you back $50,000. So you do what's called a rent to own on a promissory note. And it, and you can find people who say, yeah, I have $45,000 in my IRA, or it's just in my bank account mm -hmm. savings. And I'm willing to loan that to you. I'll loan you 45 and you give me back 50 in a span of X amount of months. You just have to think about these things. You have to yeah. be willing to take that step for yourself. No if I have $50,000, I'm not going to go knocking on doors and say, hey, who wants $50,000 and who's going to be willing to pay me back 55? You need to go make those phone calls, go down your contact list, go on your con and just call everybody and say, hey, I found this great tiny home. It's $48,000. Do you know anybody that's willing to buy it so I can rent to own and pay it yep. back over a monthly period? I guarantee you, you will find a yes. I guarantee it. I mean, it is yes. inevitable that you will and find even, it. Yeah. And even, yeah. And sometimes there's some out there already that somebody, you know, had yes. was trying to sell and they'd yes. be willing to do something like that for you. You got to be creative. If something is for you, you got to be creative with any dream creative. that you have. Let's just yes. be real. You need to be resourceful. Yeah. Be resourceful. Yes. Like and be resilient. Down. 
Yes. Where there's a will, there's a way. So yes. when it comes to our financing, um, so we gave a lot of our finances to our student loans because we played off our loans very aggressively. So when it came to wanting to get a tiny house, we were like, we were shocked because we didn't know the process of the financing. And we were like, oh, like, you know, people are, I mean, we could easily get another house, but then we're like, crap, we have to come up with all this cash to get this tiny house. So, um, what we did was we got creative, like Eric said, and um, we were able to, we talked to some other tiny house people and we found, um, actually, our, I think it was our builder who recommended it. There was a company that did loans for basically the half, half the amount of our tiny house. And then we would have to come up with the other half. So yeah. um, what we did was we did one loan through that half loan or that company, half of it. And then the other half, we went to Ian's parents and we, they had taken out another loan that, um, and we paid on that loan. So we're basically paying on two separate loans, but we're paying on them very aggressively. So even after just a year, I mean, we're not too far off from being like paid off from our tiny house, but that's what we had to do. Cause we didn't have the cash that was sitting there, mm-hmm. but we had to get mm-hmm. resourceful. So I'm glad that you asked me and, you, and we brought this up because this is stuff that nobody really tells you. Nobody you know? tells you. Yeah, and nobody talks about. Yeah. No. It, it. It's not as easy. Like it's not a super easy process. Um, that's a so process, that's, but it's a commitment. Like yes. you and Ian made yeah. that commitment we, to several people. That's a yeah. big responsibility to take on. Yeah. And yeah, there was a lot involved too. And then yeah. even just like, gosh, like even to go from a house that had like four bedrooms to downsize to get to the point of living into your small space. And mm-hmm. then, um, you know, all the decisions, even after you get in it about, we have our cats, where does the cat litter go? Where does the cat mm-hmm. food go? Where do you put your broom? Where do you like all these other things that you don't even think about? Like where mm-hmm. you're going to store your canned goods. I mean, this is a whole nother podcast, but I'm just saying <laughs> there's so much. And that's why I wanted this podcast. Like this is why we created this podcast is because we want to help that help you be prepared for this transition because we, we yeah. believe in it. We believe in like tiny home living, but we also know that it's not a super easy process. You mm-hmm. have to be committed. I mean, we try to make it as easy for people as we can, but there's so much that we can't control and that they also can't control. So, you know, we're all working through it. So yes. moving on from that. And real quick, I just want to add, yeah, if, go we ahead. Can, if we can put that, the the name or the link or some sort of way for our listeners to find a similar uh, lender that can do at least a 50% on the purchase price and then they can pay it off something. If we can put some sources on the bottom, I think that would be really helpful. Yeah, we can put that um, in the, actually, there'll be a link in the description that you can click on and we'll have some kind of sources for you that if we can find some more, that'll be awesome or if anyone knows any, but at least one from my own personal experience. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so... We talked already about how long it takes to build one, at least from our end, about 60 to 90 days. And every builder is different. I know personally right now that with the company that we went through, I think there was like a six month wait or something. So it just depends on who you're going through. Um, What do you, what else do you guys think is important for a client to know, like before coming to you as a builder, what do you want them to know? I think what I want them to know is just from your experience and Amber, I I would love for you to contribute to this as well, but real quick, Angela, 
I, I don't know how, how long ago that was when you started this process, but today, reflecting back on all this, was it worth it? Oh, heck yeah. It was totally worth it. Like I say, like I'm a huge advocate. It was one of the best decisions that I made. And that's why like I want to share with other people and keep them going through the process because I know that it can feel overwhelming and you want to give up. And I almost was at that point because I remember when I first wanted to live in a tiny house and I was inspired because I had stayed like at an Airbnb, it was a super cute little tiny house, super, super tiny. Mm-hmm. But I was like, oh, this would be so cool. We should try to do this. What, you know, what do you think? We could find the land. And then, and then we we're even just thinking about, oh, we got to find the land. We need to make sure that it has like sewer and all the other things. And we need to do it in this period of time. Oh, no, just too much. Like, you know, mm-hmm. like, and mm-hmm. it was just a little bit. I didn't even know what was really truly involved. But now after it's all said and done, yeah, I love it. I love the fact that I get you know, to meet people like you, get immersed into this community, um, the o- my own community that I live in. It's just opened up a lot of doors for me in ways that I wouldn't have imagined. And it's made me so much more intentional. So the resistance is worth it. And that's like anything mm-hmm. that I share around what I teach is that there will always be resistance that shows up with anything that we want to, you know, make progress on. That is just how the brain works because it's used to your current programming, keeping you under the same kind of identity that you have now. And when you're trained to transition your whole lifestyle, you bet there's going to be resistance, not even from just outside sources, but your own mind. Mm -hmm. So it's something that you think about who you want to be and like what your true vision is. Like you have to one, expect the resistance and be committed to moving through it. And there's always opportunities for you. Always. You just got to be someone who is resourceful, like we had mentioned earlier. Absolutely. And to add to that, I think it's very important to be honest with yourself Mm -hmm. and to really think about what matters to you. Um, Be mindful what actually is important to you and be intentional. You know, you're going to have less space, of course, in a tiny home. And sometimes with that comes you know, you have to be honest with yourself as to what is actually important and what matters most to you. Uh, what makes you happy versus what is just taking up space? You know, my clients mm-hmm. seem to learn a lot about themselves when it comes down to what they truly desire to be t- part of their tiny home. And some are their dogs, their their fur babies, you know? Ooh, yeah. And a concern I get from my clients is what about my dog? What about my cat? Um, can I make enough room or can I make enough room for him or her? And my answer is absolutely. If that is what's important to you, then why not? Um, there are pull-out dog beds. We can create mm-hmm. pull-out compartments for their toys. We can make it happen. If that's what matters to you, which it would matter to me, you know, you can do it. If you can dream it, you can do it. Yeah, yes. I'm glad you said that yeah. because I think even when I was looking at getting a tiny house, I was like, what about our cats? You know, and like, and I, when we were talking, I almost felt like the shame around, like, um, I have some concerns about my cats and, you know, can I get this area, like make this catwalk for them? And can we make this, um, screened in area? And then I was like, should we even mention this? But look, like you were saying, if it's important to you, you better mention it. And you can totally be designed in the way that is, you know, that honors your values, like, you know, if you value your animals and things like that. And I also want to say, I said this on a previous podcast, I think I did, um, 
you don't have to be the stinky house dog people or the stinky house cat people. I just got to keep it real there because that is a concern for people like in a small space, but there's ways that how we design things and what you are recommendations around what you can use that will make it so like you can love living in your tiny space with your fur baby and they'll love it too. Absolutely. I think that like Amber said, if you can dream it, you can do it. And also in the same breath, like Angela said, there will be resistance mm-hmm. and, and it's worth, it's completely worth the resistance, mm-hmm. but there's a, there's a moment in that dream and in the resistance where we have clients that say, I have a $50,000 budget and I want to buy one or two acres. And I also want a two-story tiny home that's 30 feet long and 15 feet high. And I want to put solar on it with a incinerary toilet in Portland, Oregon. So there's a lot of wants in that dream. And we're trying to say, okay, let's take it one step at a time. Let's get you the tiny home first because that's within your budget. Let's maybe remove solar because you're in Portland, Oregon and it's not too sunny there. Let's focus on how we can make this more affordable. So with all that, I would say, always ask your builder for what do you recommend in order to be able to meet our budget. And just know that your dream is going to be possible. It might take some resistance. It might take mm-hmm. some problem solving. It might take some creative, creative approaches. Yeah. Uh, just be able to be flexible to that. I think life will sort of, navigate you in the right direction it will it will allow you to feel confident in your choices be flexible in your decision making and always i would say always 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 focus on the relational aspect you should never be too afraid to ask for a specific request or to say this is really important to me yeah definitely and one more thing to add cuz you mentioned budget so we talked about like how you might need to go and see what makes sense for the cost of something. Cause sometimes you don't even have enough information to come up with a budget for yourself. So you might need to do a little hunting first and kind of compare things and then, then come up with the budget. But it is really helpful. I'll say on our end is from coach, from a coach perspective is that you come in and you have a budget idea, like in your mind and you have some idea of your vision and you can tell us what is important to you. Um, that's super helpful, but either way, we're going to help you get there, but it is helpful to be thinking about those things before you come and also be thinking about where you're going to put your tiny house and searching for the land and just taking some steps down that direction. And we definitely help like guide you, but those are just some tips. I think that would be helpful. All right, y'all. I hope you get a lot from that conversation. We'll be hearing back from Eric and Amber again on the show in the future. But if you have any additional questions or requests for podcast episodes, again, reach out to us on our Instagram at tiny home dream podcast, or we have a new YouTube channel called tiny home dream podcast. All right, we hope that you have an awesome week. And if you like this, please leave us a review. Talk to you soon. Bye.